Welcome back to the Replay Center. I'm your host, Zach, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about all these headlines that I've missed during this past week. There's been a lot of stuff going on, starting with the Jimmy Butler trade. He's gone, finally got traded from the Timberwolves to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, We will be talking about how they mesh and the trade and how, you know, it benefits both teams a little here and there. Um, We're also begin talking about Markel Fultz and the hitch in his jump shot, and also Celtics having still having some struggles there. Um, Karis Levert had an injury that looked pretty bad. Uh, turns out not to be that bad. We'll briefly touch on that. We'll also be talking about Carmelo Anthony and um, a little bit of uh, drama there with the Rockets. And the latest, hottest headline that we have is Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. Some in-team turmoil for the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to be touching about all of that. The NBA never sleeps. There's headlines left and right. And we're here to recap it all at the Replay Center. Now before we get started, let's just shout out our sponsor for this episode, which unfortunately after 14 episodes now, no 13, this is the 14th, so unfortunately after 13 episodes now, still no sponsor, but of course, it's okay, eventually we will get one. Um, but if you like basketball and you like reading about about basketball, check out my blog at thereplaycenter.com. My latest piece was on Zach Levine and how he's been killing it. He's still averaging like 27 points a game, uh, scoring at least 20 points every single game. And uh, he's he's been doing it in a variety of ways, and I touch on that in the article. Um also, the Young Bulls, not looking so good right now, but for the future, they are looking pretty good. And I pointed out one interesting fact in there is that Anthony Davis from Chicago and, you know, not looking too happy right now with the Pelicans, although they did just beat the they just beat the Raptors um, the other night um, after a hell of a losing streak there. Um, but, you know, you never know. Chicago looking good. And I covered it on that article. And, of course, on my blog, I'll be covering all the latest news and putting uh, my opinion uh, in there as well on some columns. So check that out at thereplaycenter.com. Once again, that's thereplaycenter.com. So Jimmy Butler, finally, finally Jimmy Butler got traded. He got what he wanted. Um, uh, tips finally had enough they were losing a lot uh jimmy butler <laughs> came out and said stop fucking playing me 41 minutes a game there's 14 fucking other guys on the team and uh clearly it just wasn't working out and tim's final tim's tips finally cracked and he said let's make a trade and a trade happened uh he's going to the philadelphia 76ers um him along with justin Patton, who came along with him from the bulls so you know He's kind of like the tag team right now with Jimmy Butler. Um, But Dario Saric, uh, Robert Covington, and a second-round pick goes over uh, to the Timberwolves. Um, Let's break this down. Um, So Minnesota obviously, you know, had enough. Uh, Tibbs probably kicking himself a little bit, and the rest of the league is probably laughing at him a little bit um, because he had much better deals on the table beforehand. Um, especially the heat offer of Josh Richardson was originally on the table early on, but Tibbs said no. He, I, I believe those trade talks broke down. Reportedly, it was because Tibbs asked for another pick, and then Pat Riley was like, screw that, I'm done talking to you. Um, but 
He had Josh Richardson on the table. He didn't get it. Richardson on a terrific contract, about like ten to eleven million dollars a year for the next four years or something. And um, he's killing it right now, like twenty plus points a game, all NBA defender. So um, missed out there. Um, but this deal still not bad. They had other offers as well. Um, they had one from the Pelicans, um, centered around Nikola Miritich. Um, and um i believe i unprotected first that would have been really good for the for the pelicans i don't think it was a good trade offer for the timberwolves because they really needed that um that wing to replace jimmy butler meritage really just doesn't do the job there and uh tibbs doesn't want picks really because he's probably not going to make them at the end of the day um another offer from the rockets center around eric gordon solid player he's a good player um been pretty just very consistently good but you know he's I believe he's over his 30s now and just doesn't fit the timeline and um not really worth there so they end up going with Serge um a nice young piece for them he's been struggling a little bit uh early on in this season but um this is only his third year in the NBA um he got drafted a while ago but he didn't come over until for like a few years and um this is only his third year. He's shown a lot of promise as an offensive piece. Obviously, defensively, not great, but um, great locker room guy. He's often been noted as a um, one of the funniest dudes in the locker room, and um, I'm sure uh, Embiid and those guys are going to miss him a lot. Um, but playing him next along with um, Carl Anthony Towns, that's a lot of, a lot of, you got a lot of shooting on that um court now um I think he'll fit nicely there and nice young piece maybe he could develop a little more for them um you know Sixers had hope maybe he would develop into that third star that they needed um so they definitely had high hopes for him but ultimately they committed on Jimmy Butler um they also got Robert Covington uh solid three and D guy um of course he came he hell of a journey for him he came from the D League um and then they plucked him out of the d league and now he's you know slowly right rised up and become a nice shooter um hell of a defender all nba defense second team or first team last year i don't know i forgot but all nba defender great locker room guy as well um you know there's been talking maybe you could put him at the four that could work pretty well covington regular season he does really well provides some stretching great defender as I noted, but in the playoffs and big games, he's seemed to disappear at times. Um, maybe that's something to change, but um, he ultimately comes in and fills that Jimmy Butler slot at wing. Um, so two solid players they got back. They could have gotten better players like Josh Richardson before, but right now that you know best offer they could get and second rounder kind of throw in. Oh, they got Jared Bayless too. I forgot about that um kind of a cap filler he might get waived he's only on a one-year deal um but Timberwolves they had to make this trade like at the end of the day they had to and uh now's really the time for um Towns to show up I mean Carl Anthony Towns his the narrative on Carl Carl, Cat let's just call him Cat because apparently I can't say his first name um but um he was like one of the most sought out players and high potential young players in the league uh at one point now the narrative has changed to him being soft and weak and you know just not playing hard enough 
I mean, in his second year, he was averaging 20 and like 12, something like that. And last year, he made um, the All-Star team. He made all, did he make All-NBA? He might have. But, you know, he's top-tier big man, one of the most talented offensive big men in the league. Offensively, he might be the best. If he really puts in the effort, you know, he could shoot the hell out of the ball. He shot like 50, 40, 85 last year. I mean, down in the low post, he sometimes he gets bodied. That's the problem with him. He, he has many times that he just looks too weak to fight down low. You saw this infamous picture with him against Boogie where he's trying to go in and he can't. And Boogie's just kind of standing there with his hands down looking at him. Um... And he kind of got bodied by Tyson Chandler against the Lakers the other game. But he could drop 30 in like 15 if he really wanted to. Um, But this is his team. He's committed long term. He needs to step up. Um, And not only like offensively and his just burden, but as a leader. And can he really do that? We haven't really seen. He hasn't been very vocal. He's super young, right? Cause like it's a lot to expect out of him. He's only like 20, 21 years old, maybe I think, like my age. I can't imagine leading an NBA team right now. But um, super young, but he's got to be able to step up and be a vocal leader because he's the best player on that team easily. Um, and of course Andrew Wiggins has to step up. We don't know if that's possible at this point because he's kind of been. Just very stagnant for the past few years. Um, But maybe he gets more of an offensive low with Jimmy Butler gone. And he gets the ball in his hands more. Which he kind of needs as we've seen. Because when he goes off ball he kind of just stands in the corner. Um, But those two really got to step up. But ultimately I think this team's just destined for a playoff limbo. Like just 10th seed stuck there. Can't do anything. I think they need to make more trades. Um... Tibbs is definitely gone, at least by the end of this season. He hasn't proven to be a positive impact on this team. He hasn't, you know, he's always been known for his defense. That's why the Bulls plucked him from the Boston uh, as an assistant coach. He was there, and uh, the Bulls plucked him, brought him to Chicago, and he had great success um, instilling a great defensive system and, you know, brought up Jimmy Butler from the... Uh, you know unknown player he was into the most improved and now all nba guy and of course derrick rose excelled under him excelling now he's been playing great he's been dropping 20 point games left and right of course had that 50 point game um but this roster is just so you know they don't they need a second star and they don't have it anymore really you know without jimmy butler who cat needs to become like a top five player and right now he's just not he could still he's he's so young and he's you know accomplished so much already and we've seen glimpses of defense from him. He could obviously rebound the hell out of ball, but he needs to be able to take this role and really accept it. He's there for five more years. Um and unless he steps up there or they make a big time move, they're just gonna be stuck in that tenth seed, really. I don't really see them competing into that top eight as of right now we'll see how it does but ultimately they had to make that move and they did um the 76ers on the other hand this is a big time statement from them they get that third star and 
this said pretty much this is it the process is over let's go we need to go and win now um they see this like you know they made a big time jump last year they went from like one of the worst teams in the league not competing at all and then all of a sudden climbed their way all the way up to the third seed made it past the first round and now all the hype was on them right but i said this in the beginning of the season um I thought they were kind of overrated. You know, they made a hell of a run at the end of the season last year, 16 straight. Then they kind of handled Miami in the first round, but it's just Miami, you know. Miami, you know, they're not even in the, you know, they're hunting for the playoffs right now at this point, but they don't have a star on that team. Goran Dragic, he he got into the playoffs as like the fourth reserve or something like that. So, you know, Spolstra's a hell of a coach, but they still, they handled the heat, but is that really a statement? They got handled, of course, in the second round by the Celtics. And a lot of people had them coming in in this season as, you know, second or third, at least on the same level as the Raptors and the Celtics. Is that an airplane coming in? It sounds like aliens are trying to invade my house. Um, but anyways, they didn't start the season off very well. Markel Fultz, of course, on the starting lineup, not doing too great. Um, we'll talk to more about that in a little bit, but they weren't looking, not only were they not looking to be on the same tier as the Raptors, well, Celtics haven't been looking good, um, at all, but, um, but Raptors obviously was looking to be a top tier and Celtics have the talent to be in that discussion at the very least. That's the same thing with the 76ers. You looked at them, you said, do they have the talent to be in there? And the Bucks recently made this ascension with Budenholzer, and now they're in that top three discussion. So, you know, they obviously had the choice of waiting and, you know, letting their young core develop. Maybe Markel and Dario and Elton Brand. I remember hearing him in a Zach Lowe podcast, Low Post, and he was saying we kind of need that third star and we have this money to use before we have to pay Ben Simmons. Um, will that third star come from free agency or trade or... We need to, you know, develop Markel Fultz or Dario to become that third star. And as his first big move as GM, he's made a statement. We're going to go out and get that third star. Now, obviously, I think Paul George, LeBron James, um, Kawhi Leonard fits with uh, with the 76ers better because they can all shoot better. Jimmy Butler, obviously, solid shooter, but not a great shooter. And now you're looking at that team. They're really two of their best shooters now gone. A problem a lot of people are mentioning, but I still think they're a much better team. Maybe not much, but they're a better team with Jimmy Butler. Like, you, if you, you don't add a top 15 guy, you replace Covington with Jimmy Butler and you lose Dario Sarge, I think it's a net gain in the end. Um, they will have to make it work for sure. Um, they still have some moves they can make to try and get more shooters. Kyle Corver's name could be uh has been thrown around a lot because you know clearly he's unhappy there um looking at the starting lineup now i think reddick probably pops back in there do they keep fultz in still you know in the beginning of the season it's kind of developing him for to be that third star but now you kind of got jimmy butler and you're making a statement to compete now can you still let fultz be in there where he's been pretty big negative um uh as a starter in there and just doesn't mesh well with Ben Simmons and Embiid in there um hasn't worked out I think now he's really he's gonna learn what a bloodbath uh, of a good team is you know there's good teams have talented players across the board and if you're not good enough you're gonna get the 
benched pretty much and that's probably what's going to happen to him um but Sixers I think they're entered into the top four probably Celtics um Celtics Raptors Sixers Bucks that's a hell of a top four and even at the five fifth place the Pacers are looking solid even though they don't have a second star but they've been making a work there um been a solid team so um you know the solid top of the east now I don't, I don't i would even say like that top five in the east could probably go head to head with the top five in the west like the west is kind of in shambles right now of course overall the west is still better easily don't say the west is like worse than the east because there's only really one bad team in the west and that's the suns the east has plenty of bad teams but um the top of the west is kind of just denver and the trailblazers are doing great and the Warriors are doing great. Other than that, it's kind of a fight right now. But um, the East is looking better. Um, the Sixers obviously get better. Um, a lot of questions for Brett Brown, though. Lineups and um, system-wise. And Markel Fultz. Let's talk a little bit about him. Um, now, obviously, he's made improvements. It's not like he's sucked. Um, last season, he wasn't great. You know, didn't take a three. I think he took one three, maybe. Um, shot like 47% from the free throw line. He's actually making some threes this season and shooting a little better from the free throw line. And at times you've seen him hit mid rangers and it looks natural, but it's still so far off from what he was supposed to be. He was the consensus number one pick coming in. The Sixers at the time didn't make a bad pick. Like people were saying, no, that was a great trade for the Sixers. They got a hell of a game-changing player in Markel Fultz. Score, he could score from all three levels, three-point shoot. He shot like 40% from three in college. It's a shorter three-point line, but he was super comfortable with it, running pick and rolls. He could block the hell out of the ball. And, uh, you know, six foot five with like a six, seven-foot wingspan, super athletic, clear consistency number one pick. And then the jump shot went away, and now it's a big part of his game is gone. And it seems that his confidence confidence has dipped so much. Um, it's just not working out for him. And that clip we just saw the other day was just awful. We've seen him have a hitch in his free throws, but this was like a pump fake. He went up and like double pumped the ball and then shot it. And then, of course, he missed. And that was just like everybody threw up in their mouth <laughs> looking at that. It was just unbelievably ugly that was I, I don't know what happened to this kid it is unbelievable it's just never have nobody's ever, ever seen this I haven't been watching basketball for that long but even reporters that have been around for years and years it's like this is such a special case and at this point you know he's like people are calling him I've heard um six foot five Evan Turner um you know it's just He's not been great on either side of the ball. He's shown some flashes, but as the number one pick, especially, that's going to follow him so much. And especially they made a trade for him um, to trade up to get him. Um, that's going to you know, really tarnish him. And now with Jimmy Butler coming in, he's not going to get the ball very often. You got Simmons needs the ball and Bede needs the ball. And Bede, by the way, dominating so far. He's taking that next level up, getting like 30 points a game, drawing free throws at a super high rate. Um, but, you know, he's going to need the ball. Jimmy Butler likes to play with the ball. And, you know, with Jimmy Butler coming in and how his, you know, personality, 
what he <laughs> how's he gonna react when he sees Fultz like to like pump fake three times before he shoots the ball but it's not an actual pump fake it's just a hitch in his shot um so we'll definitely have to see how that meshes that's another aspect of the 76ers you know Embiid's not gonna let um Butler boss him around Simmons who knows um Fultz that's gonna be a rough time for Fultz I think um he may not, you know, go from he may go from a starter to like not seeing minutes because TJ McConnell I think is better than him at this point. Um so maybe he gets traded down the line. Uh another factor is he as a number 1 overall pick makes like 7 to 8 million a year. So, you know, somehow the Sixers still have like 14 million in space coming up in this offseason even if they um you know, Jimmy Butler opts out of his player option and signs to a max. Um, the Sixers still have around $14 million. If they move Fultz for nothing or decline his option even, um, they'll have $25 million in space. That's not enough for a max contract quite, but um, they could maybe get another max player. But I don't know the real worth of that because they would really have to gut their roster. I'm talking like J.J. Redick and like their rookies that they just signed and they really have like brett brown as their sixth man so at that point i don't know how much it's worth but you know fultz has a pretty big contract as a number one overall pick um at least for the caliber of player he is right now um maybe he gets moved um i had a thought the other day what if he gets traded to the suns you know they desperately need a point guard maybe they take a swing on him i don't know what the numbers really look like and they really don't have a lot of pieces to trade there um so uh we'll we'll see how folds develop i i do hope he gets it you know turn around because it's just really sad at this point and he just looks very sad all the time he never smiles too often either um there was also the other thing with drew halen on twitter saying the dude is still injured and then the Sixers came back, said he's not injured. He's healthy to play. Now, apparently, those two aren't speaking anymore after the whole summer of hype. Halen has been saying, yo, watch out for Markel. He's back. His jump shot's back. And now, you know, he's he's shot a little better, but still not back at all. Um, but apparently, they're not speaking anymore. So, uh, sad breakup there. But um, lots to uh, figure out for Brett Brown and the 76ers. Another team has a lot to figure out is the Boston Celtics. My own Boston Celtics is really sad to see them struggle this much. Um, finally, Brad Stevens has the most talented team he's ever had, and they're sucking ass right now. He's always fought with lesser um, talented players, and they've always exceeded expectations, and now they've got all this talent, and it's just not working out. They just had a five-game road trip, and they went 1-4. and four. Um, The only game they won was against the phoenix suns who's like one of the worst teams in the league right now and they needed to come back from down 22 with a heroic effort from Kyrie irving and a big time clutch shot by marcus morris just to tie the game so they could win in overtime um so not great right now um you know of course they beat the bucks that one game but that's really one of the good games they had now they're not getting blown out by these good teams they're still sticking in there but they're losing to these good teams you know even bad teams could hang with good teams ultimately the better teams the best teams win these games and they're not winning them right now um 
the players are all kind of underperforming besides Kyrie Irving. Oh, it sounds like the airplane finally finally uh went away. Um but um I'm just let's just go down the line with these players right now. Um Kyrie Irving slow start to the season, but right now he's playing great. Um shooting the hell out of the ball. Um he's really carrying them on offense right now. Um playing solid defensively as well, making uh, nice plays um passing the ball too Jason Tatum started the year with some great games and some bad games and then he kind of went on this cold stretch of just not hitting anything and then of course his shot selection has been the talk of his game so far um a lot of long twos contested early shot clock long twos um people want to bring up that you know he worked out with Kobe Bryant but I don't think that's the problem ultimately you know he's got a a lot of a, a heavier load offensively because he's proven that he's the you know the, just the second most talented offensive player on that team right now and um at least until Gordon Hayward gets healthy but um you know he's he's got a lot of moves that he could go to to get to the basket and score um but he just hasn't been taking efficient shots he's fixed it a little bit he's been more aggressive driving to the basket which we need to see more of and we need to see more of him taking three pointers instead of these pulling up for twos those long twos are not bad shots if they're low in the shot clock and you need to get a bucket that's one of his go-to moves and he's not hitting a lot of them right now but when it's you know when you really need a bucket he could go to that and people won't be mad um another aspect is just he's missing some open long twos right now if he's hitting them Kyrie Irving's taking a lot of them too not as much as you know Tatum but he Kyrie takes a lot of mid-rangers and he makes them is the thing if Tatum starts hitting them people will definitely be less mad but overall this shot selection is a problem but he's fixing a little bit um against the Blazers he broke out and started nailing three-pointers um a couple of open ones and then he drilled one as the shot clock uh went down over Aminu um so it's good to see I think he's getting back into the rhythm a little bit um against the Jazz he had a solid game too um he's shooting better from three um but as long as he's making the right decisions, he's talented enough to, you know, correct it and just, you know, his game's going to take over. So I'm not too worried about him. Kyrie, of course, is playing well. Jalen Brown has been getting a lot of shit and Jalen Brown is my boy. Okay. I ride and die for Jalen Brown. So I have a lot of bias coming in. So I just want to point that out, but you know, not a great start for him so far. He's had a lot of trouble figuring out, getting into his rhythm, really. And um, he's mentioned that. He said as soon as he came into the season after the first five games, he realized it was going to be a lot harder um, because, you know, he wasn't, the team just wasn't as smooth as they could be. Um, In the beginning, he was taking bad shots, really just trying to force himself to get into rhythm and wasn't working. He's been playing a lot more smart and aggressive recently, which is good to see. He's getting to the basket, not finishing as well there. Um, And his three-point shot and, you know, mid-range shots really haven't fallen. And that was one of his big jumps last year. He was nailing three-pointers. And, um... I was saying he was one of the best shooters of the team last year. That that's how good he was. Pull ups, catch and shoots. You know, when he took a three, especially in the clutch, you're like, that's going in. And they, people forget because Jason Tatum went off in the second and third rounds of the of the playoffs. But Jalen Brown carried us against the Bucks. He had two breakout thirty plus point games, and he was just carrying us offensively. And 
even during the Cleveland series, um, he was playing with a bad hamstring at that point still. But in the first quarters, he was coming and scored like 18 points, 12 to 18 points, and really carry us a lot. Um, him and Tatum were the two big factors offensively um, in the playoffs. But right now, his shot's not falling, but he's playing smart. He's making some good passes. I still think he's doing pretty well defensively, though, you know, he has a lot of potential there that he just hasn't tapped into. And I think people are a little frustrated with that because he has potential to be an all NBA defender for sure. And we've seen him shut down players um, at times, but you know, he gets a little antsy. He gets a little lost sometimes. Um, I think for him, once the jump shot starts falling, he, um, he will definitely, his game's going to shoot up by a whole notch. The problem is he only had one season, a season and a half about, you know, second half of his rookie year, he started shooting the three ball well, a season and a half of resume of him shooting the ball well. And in the playoffs, he did well in the playoffs, but um, hopefully it's, it wasn't just, uh, you know, luck or a fluke season. Um, I do believe, you know, he could turn around as soon as the threes start falling, he could hit them at a 40% rate again, his offense is going to shoot up. Yeah. Um, he does, he does really well with, um, transition buckets. He's not making some layups right now. I think he needs to be more of a running off screens kind of guy. Um, to be honest, because I think his jumper is is one of the strongest parts of his game and he needs to get in rhythm that way and find open shots running, running off screens. Um, I don't want to see Jalen Brown isos as much as I love him. His handle is just not good enough. Um, but I do think, you know, if he runs off screens and people start to respect his shot more, he'll be able to beat guys a lot more easily. And once he gets it to the rim, he can use his athleticism to finish better or um, make the open pass due to defensive rotation. Um, so I think with a full head of steam, he needs to get better at that, finishing around the rim with a full head of steam. Um I don't think his dribble's ever going to be like devastating where he could just take guys off isos and, you know, drive to the hoop or anything like that. But uh, I think he needs to focus his game more towards, you know, shooting and driving um, more, you know, without the without dribbling so much, really. <laughs> um, but he's playing smart, playing aggressive, and his play style, I like where he's going with that. Um, just hopefully he gets into more rhythm. Gordon Hayward has been the talk recently on media, at least so far. Um, he's improved. He's definitely improved since the beginning of the season. There's no knock on that. Um, he's been a great playmaker these on this road trip, giving like five to seven assists almost every game. Um, shots are not really falling for him still. Um, the three balls not really falling. Mid-rangers not falling too much. He's still hitting them from time to time but not great right now and he can't get to the hoop really there's no explosiveness from him and that was you know in his last year in utah the highlights of him he was just dunking on people left and right and he can't get to the basket right now really because he can't elevate and explode um that's one part that really hasn't come back yet um defensively he plays smart but again He's just not as quick um, laterally as he was, and he's kind of being hunted on defense right now. You saw in the Jazz series, and you saw that against Portland 
where Mitchell or McCollum or Lillard would try and get the switch on Hayward and just get to the hoop pretty easily. Um, not great to see because defense, you know, was one of his not strong, super strong points, but, you know, he was pretty solid at it. Um, but he has, you know, it's going to take a while for him and fans expected that. Um, I don't think you should take him out of the starting lineup at this point because you committed to this at the beginning of the season. You got to commit to it now, right? It's all about rhythm and letting these players mesh with him. Statistics have shown they play better without him, the starting four. Um, but at this point, you just got to commit. It's for playoff time, right? It's got to make sure they get used to playing with each other and you know don't just change it because it's been hard um know that you have talent and you can make it work and that's the most talented lineup you could put together and um just kill players with if you could really get it together um he's been on a minutes restriction that looks to be possibly going away now um he played 31 minutes against portland i believe so maybe that could help him get into more of a rhythm um I do think when I don't think this starting lineup should be changed now, but I do wonder if um, Baines should have started to beginning the season because he was already had a minutes restriction. If he had a twenty five minute restriction, why not just bring him off the bench to start as he you know less spotlights for him, less pressure. Um, it would fit more into the narrative of him coming back, which everybody knew already he was, but now he's starting and finishing games you know, people have more expectations. Um, he's clearly not good enough. Marcus Morris is playing better than him. He's not good enough to be starting or closing right now. But ultimately, Brad's committed to, you know, getting uh, them into rhythm and getting the starters playing with each other better. Um, that's what you got to commit to. But I do think Baines probably should have started the season, especially Al Horford, not doing great either right now. Defensively, taking a step back. Offensively, three balls not falling at all. He's shooting like below 30%. Um, and he's not really getting going offensively. He's getting less touches, obviously, but he's never gotten a lot of touches. And shots he's made before, you know, that turnaround jumper in the post, he's not hitting right now. He kind of looks gassed and tired, and maybe that has a, to do with the fact that he's playing the five um, consistently, really. Especially with, like, um, Daniel Tice has been injured um, a good amount of times. He came off an inj ACL injury, and then he hurt his foot. Um, he just came back recently, but they really had no third backup center, so it's just been Horford and Baines, really. So he ha he's had to, you know, take a lot of bullying and damage down at the five maybe that's wearing on him a little bit um he does look tired that's all i'm gonna point out with him um aaron baines um not really playing too much but aaron baines and aaron baines he comes in plays hard defense hits a three from time to time and the crowd and the bench goes wild but baines still solid rotation guy for them uh marcus morris senior is lighting the world on fire still um one probably the second best offensive player behind Kyrie Irving right now um he's hitting his mid-rangers he's taking a lot less iso mid-rangers for sure which is great to see and taking that next step um extending his range from mid-range to three-point line where he's shot super comfortably right now um before where he would pull up from three and you'd be like oh no you know there's better players who could hit that but right now he takes that three and you're like yes that's probably going to go in, and I like Marcus Morris Sr. taking that shot. 
Um, he's been playing so well, and it's kind of sad that they're wasting this effort from him because you don't know if he's able to keep this up. Probably not. Um, just as long as he doesn't go back to you know bad Marcus Morris. Last year, in the playoffs especially, it was either you're getting a good Marcus Morris or a bad Marcus Morris. And more often than not, it was bad Marcus Morris. And even good Marcus Morris was getting you like 10 points. Um, so it's great to see him take a step up. And he's been a huge part of this team. And there, to think there was you know, there was a lot of talk to trade him to just get, get under the tax line, the luxury tax line. Um, definitely no talk of that now because he's been playing his ass off. Um He's been really the sixth man, and the guy we expected to be the sixth man, Terry Rozier, hasn't been great. Um, he had a 22-point game against Utah with Kyrie Irving out, um, but not efficient at all. He's shooting the three-ball okay, um, but shooting like 36% from the field or something like that. Um, his assist numbers especially, he's just really not looking to pass at all like he was in the playoffs um that has really hindered a little bit it looks like he comes in and tries to look for a shot a lot um I think the rotations if you're gonna play with him you should play him with like a Jalen Brown or a Gordon Hayward in there or a Marcus Morris lineup something like that where he could you know take more of a um a role uh aggressive role at least um because if you put him with like Tatum and Kyrie then you know he's third or fourth option at that point um depending on who's in there but he's always been kind of inconsistent you know he didn't get going last season until the end of the season in the playoffs um but I think it's just all about the rotations right now and playing hard and that's one of the the key parts that they're not doing I think rotations and shooting and all that it will come but the one most concerning thing to me and I've said this before is they're not playing hard enough on defense and you know Marcus Smart I thought he's played great and really one of the hardest playing players for the Celtics, always going to be. And he's shooting terribly, but that's just Marcus Smart. Nobody cares about that at this point because he plays hard defense and he's been one of their best players in the eyes of many because he actually plays hard. He doesn't shoot well. He never shoots well. But as long as he's not taking dumb shots, it's whatever. Um, And, you know, he kind of came out in the locker room afterwards against uh, the loss against Portland and said, yo, guys, there's not no more excuses. People are hunting us. We're not the hunters anymore. And uh, we need to play harder. And this is this is not okay. And I I think I hope that it resonates with people. Um, It's not coming from a place of like pettiness or it's not going to hurt them. Um, that's a good wake up call. I think that they need. And Kyrie even said after the game, we're not as good as we think we are. Um, he also had this odd comment about, um, we need a 13, 14 year, year vet right now, which a lot of people was like, Hey, Al Horford's right there. Um, but I don't think that had any ill intent. Um, it was just kind of pointing out like, guys, we need to know it's a long season. Um, you know, just taking a step back. No, nobody's worried. I don't think there yet. Um, but I just hope they recognize where they're struggling. And it falls on Brad Stevens, too. He's got to figure out these rotations, and he's got to resonate with these guys and get them together as well. Um, not worried there yet, though. Um, they have they play the Bulls tonight, I believe. Um, so big statement game for them. Hopefully they don't turn into the Washington Wizards of just saying they're going to play better and not. Um 
they got to turn it around and um, we'll see how they do. They play the Raptors on Friday uh, in Boston. So um, big statement game there as well. Now, quickly, I just want to touch on two uh, other news topics. Karis Levert, um, of course, went out with a devastating injury. Um, If you didn't see it, I don't know if you should go see it. His foot essentially bent not a pretty way. Not as bad as like Gordon Hayward's. And that was a good shout out for the television crew at that point. They didn't like zoom in on his foot. Like, um, was it TNT that did that? It's just like, look at his foot. No, like they didn't do that. Um, it wasn't as bad, but not pretty. Um, and, you know, it was super sad because he was doing so well. Um, he's been killing it 18.4 points a game, 4.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists. And he's kind of stepped up as the guy on that team. He said, not you, D'Angelo Russell. Not you, Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm the guy. And uh, he's been the guy. You know, there's been he might have made an all-star team if he uh, continued his play or even elevated a little bit. And um, the Nets are actually in, you know, in the playoff hunt right now and uh, weak bottom of the East. Um, so losing him definitely will hurt. Um, but the good news is he didn't, like, break the shit out of that thing like Gordon Hayward did. He only dislocated it. Um, There was some ligament damage, and he actually doesn't even need surgery, which is incredible. Um, It will be a four-month recovery about, and he's going to be back um, in this season, which is so good to hear, and um, well wishes off to him, really. That's just a... um, Just wanted to touch on that. Shout out to how great he's been playing and hope, you know, he recovers and... um, Hope he uh, fully recovers and continues his great play. Um, another quick thing I want to touch on, Carmelo Anthony um, might be leaving the Rockets soon. Um, he's been out the past two games with um, illness. You can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, but uh, been, he hasn't been playing too well for them. Um, not the offensive um, uh, spark off the bench that they've been expecting from him. Um, just hasn't been playing well, and I think... Um, ultimately they're probably thinking of playing, um, him less. And I don't think he wants that role. And I think that's the discussion going on. And there's been, a, there was a report out saying, I think players have been thinking Melo played the last game in Houston. And, um, there was a media spin on it. You know, is Carmelo the problem? Um, but, and players from all over came out and defended Carmelo. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade said, came out and like said, don't do Melo dirty and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, good to see, uh, players come out and support him. But ultimately, Melo hasn't been playing well. Um, but the Rockets aren't really like shitting on him and blaming him. That's been the opposite. You know, Maury and D'Antoni hasn't, uh, come out and said Melo, you know, he's done whatever we want him him to do ultimately Melo just hasn't been playing well enough I think the problem with him is that he doesn't recognize that you know if he's you see a, like a Vince Carter or a Dirk Nowitzki who's realized their game has declined and accepted bench roles and low lesson roles and uh, roles as a veteran and they've extended their careers um, Melo still you know he had, <laughs> he didn't even want to come off the bench um, for OKC, um, he's his career has taken such a turn. I mean, two years ago, before when he was with the Knicks, he was an All Star reserve, um, and then he went to OKC, and the narrative was he okay. He's definitely not All Star anymore. Um, he's he might be washed. Um, probably not starter level. 
and then he came actually went to the bench with um with the Rockets and now he you know people are saying he's gonna be out of the league or something like that um and ultimately will he be it's very possible it depends on his attitude does he still want to be a you know a bench player for a very bad team or you know just a short minutes guy for a playoff contender it's just up to his attitude if it's not his career might be ended pretty shortly you know guys have and uh like exited the league like that i think tracy mcgrady you know once he lost his bounce couldn't score and be at the level he was at before um he dealt with many injuries he just you know retired and said i i can't perform the way i want anymore Dwayne wade you know he's not a bad player but he's definitely recognized yo i'm not good enough to play the level i want to be anymore so i'm gonna retire after this season um we'll see how mellow um thinks of himself and what he expects of himself and we'll see where it goes with that um but we might see the end of carmelo anthony right here which is sad because he he was a great player don't knock on his previous game because of his um recent antics he was an all nba player top 10 top 5 player in the league at one point and um hell of a score hell of a career nba hall of fame career i believe um but that's mellow let's get to the main headline now Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. We have a lot to break down with this. Um, it's been the news of the league these past two days because people are like, yo, Golden State actually has a problem? This is some something new to see, something we want to see. Now, um, it all started against the Clippers, a game which they lost. Um, Steph Curry's been injured. Um, that could be a reason why. Um, but, you know, the game was tied. Uh, as the regulation ended, it was four seconds left. Draymond Green gets the rebound. Durant calls for it, um, but Draymond didn't pass to him. Drives up the court, tries to take a last shot, doesn't even get it off. Turns the ball over. Um, now, there was a couple thing factors here you gotta consider too. There's one timeout remaining which Kerr didn't take, which kind of weird. Um, the other thing is when Draymond gets the ball and starts running up on the his own side of the court. There's four seconds remaining, and KD is standing underneath the basket calling for the ball and not running forward. So I don't even blame Draymond too much for not passing him the ball. If you want the ball, at least run forward. And, you know, I know you got long-ass legs, and you could shoot it from, like, way out. But at least start running. Um, but ultimately, everybody agrees Durant should have the ball there. Um, but, you know, I don't blame Draymond as much. Um, but ultimately... Uh, they bicker on the sidelines after that, go into overtime, Clippers win the game. Um, and then go into the locker room, um, they continue this fight, and um, it just hasn't been fixed yet, at least. Let's talk about what was reported so far. Um, so obviously they were arguing about not passing the ball. Ke- Kevin Durant said, yo, you got to pass me the ball, just pass me the ball. And then uh, Draymond supposedly called Durant a bitch, and then... Um, uh, there was free agency talk brought up saying how Durant, um, you know, has been dragging out his free agency thing and uh, not uh, leaving, possibly leaving in free agency. You know, it's already people have been speculating, but it hasn't been uh, as big of a topic. But now it's, you know, become huge with this new um, um, conflict there with Draymond and uh, Kevin Durant. There was a really in-depth article by Marcus Thompson of The Athletic 
where um so he reported specifics and different um narratives that was um being driven by this fight um so Durant obviously came to the sidelines after um he didn't get the ball he said yo you gotta pass me the ball and then Draymond said who the fuck you talking to um and then he called him a bitch multiple times um and then reportedly he he started confronting him said yo you know I'm not a scrub you can't talk to me like a scrub we were winning before you came um and then into the locker room, I guess this happened. He was saying, yo, KD, you've been making the whole season about you, um, even though you're going to leave anyways. Um, and he's confronted him about how he's handled free agency. Um, so that's what was reported. And um, there were a couple things. There was lip reading, too, done on Twitter and Reddit and all that. Um, there was a clip of, you know, Draymond saying he's a bitch, he's a bitch. Um, there was a clip of KD possibly saying, this is why I'm out of here, or this is why I'm gone, or something like that. Um, so, those are unofficial, but, um, that's all we have in terms of context, um, of how the fight went down. Now, in the aftermath, both of them didn't speak to reporters after the game. Um, Draymond Green gets suspended by the Warriors for a game. And uh, Durant is apparently still salty because he talked to reporters after um, their most recent game and he said, me and Draymond haven't talked. Um, stop asking me about it. Um, probably gets fixed because it's still a long season ahead, but stop asking me about it. So he's clearly still very mad. Um, now, what can we take out of this? Uh, Kevin Durant free agency still looms on the Warriors and... Um, We've gotten hints that, you know, it doesn't bother them. They've joked about it and all that. But clearly, this tells us otherwise. Um, Draymond Green brought up the point of Durant being very ticky-tacky with the reporters um, talking about his free agency. You know, not either just rejecting talking about it or um, um, committing to the Warriors or anything like that. Um, just making, building a story out of it. And that didn't sit well with him. And he's come out and said it against Durant, um, directly. And, um, the consensus is like Draymond Green shouldn't have brought that up in the middle of a game or after the game in the locker room. Um, but I think the consensus is that other Warriors kind of feel the same way because now this is the, a storyline they have to worry about and like, talk about the reporters and there's a narrative surrounding them that they don't want to focus on because they just all they care about is winning a championship um Durant's perspective is that he doesn't want to you know lead anyone on or anything like that but um he hasn't been very clear and he's been very mysterious with his answers a little bit you know he's always been saying like anything could happen you know you never know his stuff like that so that hasn't been sitting well with um Draymond Green and some of the teammates, apparently. And uh, you, you take that against, like, Clay Thompson's answer. And um, he straight up has said, like, yo, I just want to be back. I love this team, you know, even if he leaves. But the way he's handled it with reporters has been terrific. Uh, so that's the whole viewpoint of Draymond Green and probably some teammates. Um, so, you know, that's an issue in the locker room there. And the way Golden State handles this it will be very in- interesting to say the least, because this is a real problem, in the beginning, I was like, this is not a problem at all, whatever, this is having a little, you know, fiery talk, 
um, about who's getting the ball. You know, it's competition. It's good team spirit, whatever. And then you heard that they started talking about free agency. You're like, oh, this is actually something. This isn't just, you know, nonchalant screaming at each other because of competitiveness. This is, you know, some kind of deep stuff that they got brought up during um, the heat of the moment. Um, And the way management responded with, you know, publicly suspending Draymond Green and, you know, fining him essentially kind of sends a message. Because here's the thing. um, Obviously, Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant are both going to be free agents. Um, The next year, Draymond Green's Draymond Green is going to be a free agent. Um, and Draymond, you know, hypocrite, hypocritically, like, in a way, did not, hasn't said, like, he's committed to the Warriors either. Now, although his free agency is still two years away, but he's, like, said, there was a report that he wants a max contract. Um, he doesn't want to take, a, like, a pay cut. So, um, you know, I think ultimately when Draymond's time is up, if they resign Clay and Durant, Draymond may be let go. Um, at that point, he will be age 30, and you're already kind of seeing his game decline a little bit. You know, he's not a just a pure scorer or shooter like Steph, Clay, and Durant are, whose games will age beautifully. Um, Draymond's, you know, centered, his game is centered around fighting and playing hard and being a lockdown defender. And as he gets older, that's going to decline. And age 30 Draymond with a five-year max deal. Do you really... Should that happen? I don't know. Um, So management, if they take Kevin Durant's side, will this create, you know, a split? Will Draymond take it personally? And now you either got a locker room problem this year or down the line, say you take... If it all works out, you know, you take Durant's side... Um, stand out for him maybe he resigns but you lose Draymond but maybe that happened anyways but say if it goes wrong you take Durant's side but he still doesn't like what's happening in Golden State he leaves but you also lose Draymond then you got Steph and Clay um you know then at that point already you're looking at if you even if they lose Kevin Durant that's not an unstoppable team anymore um Richard Jefferson recently went on the full 48 by uh Howard Beck, the podcast, and he said one of the reasons he feels like uh, Durant went to um, went to Golden State, he probably looked at that Thunder team. He said, even if I beat Golden State, I'd have to take down that Cavs team. And now, say what you want about Draymond getting suspended and all that, and that's the reason why they lost. Ultimately, the Cavs won, beat the Warriors that year. They were the defending champions, and then the Warriors got Kevin Durant and became undefeat, unbeatable, right? Um, But you know, at least with the Warriors without Kevin Durant, they're vulnerable, right? Um, you know, Kevin Durant almost beat them himself. So with Durant gone, that team, you know, that's probably an end of a dynasty. If he returns and they keep that core, they could win a few more. Um, so this is a very sticky situation. The rest of the league is on the edge of the seat saying, please explode. Please split up. Please implode we want you to be gone. <laughs> um, will they be able to repair this? Um, it really, you got to watch this closely because I do think this is something. Um, if they can't repair um, uh, the relationship between Draymond and Kevin Durant and the rest of the team, this is something to watch because Durant could very likely leave. 
Um, you know, LeBron James is in LA and they have a max slot. Even if he thinks LeBron is old and washed and doesn't want to play with LeBron, guess what? He could still go to LA because the Clippers have two max slots and they could get Kawhi and Durant. So there's a lot of possibilities for him. And, um, he could very well think, um, you know, this is Steph's team. I don't like Draymond. Um, I let, let me go to a team where I think I could compete with the Warriors and the rest of the league. Um, and the narrative will probably certainly change around them too. So, um, even if they've repaired on the surface, this could be something that carries over and could be something still lingering, um, as, um, even maybe even, even they win the championship, uh, Duran will be thinking, man, um, Draymond's still going to be here another year. Um, Steph, this is still Steph's team. These things are going to build up and you know that Duran is somebody that, cares a lot about what people think even though he likes to say he doesn't but um it's clear that he does um but this is uh this is interesting for for sure I don't even know what to say at this point um this is very shocking um very something we should definitely be looking close to hopefully I hope it just blows up in their face okay that's that's what I hope and I hope it doesn't work out um but we'll keep a close eye on it for sure um, but that's going to be it for this podcast. Um, covered a lot of stuff. Uh, the NBA never sleeps. There's always for sure next week or even tomorrow there's going to be a new headline uh, to talk about. Um, but uh, that's what I'm here for. Here to cover the news, the drama, all that. Um, but as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did enjoy, please uh, rate and review me on iTunes. Um, like me on SoundCloud, all that on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get it. Make sure to subscribe and follow and all that to keep up with the podcast. Of course, if you want to read about basketball, thereplaycenter.com. There I am. And uh, if you want to hear more, hear me talk more about basketball, follow me on Twitter at SpokenHoops. Um, but as always, thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next episode. Later.